the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, and for the next two hours, we're going to be talking about car, car repair, oils, gasoline, spark plugs, my car's doing this, my car's doing that. This is what my dad used to say. Um, This is what I was told by the shop, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, if you're interested or if you have a car question or if you have a car dilemma, then I'm happy to comment and help you and point you in a direction that uh, hopefully will be beneficial for you last week um we we had uh, uh <laughs> it was crazy sometimes we have technical problems which just blows up the whole show and it's no one's fault it's uh it could be we're connecting via the internet uh, protocol ip address and sometimes everything's fine and sometimes there's a boogeyman out there that just eats us alive so we'll hope today's going to be a good day. 602-508-0960. If you're outside the Phoenix metropolitan area, 888-960-9696. All that has to do with us being 960, the Patriot KKNT in Phoenix. And we have a caller already, and I'll take it. Say hello to Steve. Steve, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Hey, I had a quick question about telematics and the fuel uh, averages on your car. The wife thinks when she goes to a certain place to get gas in the full tank, it says X amount of miles on the tank, and then she goes to another place and fills it up, and the the, the number's different. So she's thinking, well, they got better gas because the few, the car tests the gas and comes up with that number, and I didn't want to I, – I under the assumption that it just takes an average of your last tank or something and comes up with that uh, number. Does, does your wife is does she shoot a gun or is she really as exceptionally uh, skilled with she's a gun? She's pretty sedated. I, I keep her a pretty melatonin keeps her. Oh, okay, okay, the okay. <laughs> These are things that give me in trouble. You're right. You're right. Um, if even if she doesn't reset her mile per gallon, even if she doesn't. Right. It doesn't. It's still going to average differently. My truck, if I want to really impress somebody, I'll reset it before they get in the truck. I drive a one-ton Dodge diesel, and then I'll just go out there and feather foot that thing until the mileage gets up to six, or you know, hangs around seventeen, eighteen miles the gallon, and I'll brag about it. And then the first time we hit a big hill, or I come to pace, and then I'm going to go back down to the twelve to fourteen that I'm normally at. So, it it has nothing to do. I want to tell you that that when it comes to oil and when it comes to gasoline, there's just a couple of main, main manufacturers of that. Um, the people that make gasoline is Mobile Shell, Phillips 66, and Chevron. Everybody else's gas comes from one of those. And, and you know and I know that if we were in charge of 
Philip 66. If we were in charge, we would make our gas to the minimum standards that the com- the government says we have to. We're not going to make it super duper, and we're not going to make it to give you be- better fuel economy because that's counterproductive. So the fact of the matter is, is that there's a, there is no difference. I tell people right. all the time, there is no difference. Even if it's Chevron with the anti-ping stuff and and detergents Tecron. and all that Chevron kind of stuff. Yeah, it's the same. So if there's so many apps for your phone, you can find cheap gas anytime you want it. And that's what I do is, is I punch in on my app that uh, find the closest diesel fuel and tell me what's cheap, and pff, I go there and get gas. Yep, yep. All right, brother, appreciate it. Have a great okay. weekend. And to you too. Thank you. Fuel economy and your computer on your car, those will change dramatically. Those that you mon- those of you that monitor that, that data, you know when you drive crazy – um, the data goes down slowly, but it really doesn't go down slowly. If you're climbing up to Flagstaff and your pedal's to the metal and you've got a big trailer full of quads or you've got a three-axle you know, house trailer behind you, um, it's going to take a little bit for it to catch up. But, but by and large, the computer knows exactly what your fuel economy is because your computer's looking at the program of RPM, load, mile per gallon, gear ratio, engine temperature, all of that stuff is, is taken into consideration. And, and I want to tell you, you can do the math yourself manually, miles versus gallons, or you can look at your dashboard. They're going to be pretty close. And in my particular case, it's really, really close. So anyway, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. I want to tell you a real quick story about a car um, with a problem. And the car had a problem with with respect to a mass airflow sensor code. And, and, and the moral of this story is, if you think that you're going to go replace all the code labels and fix your car, you'll be successful maybe 20% of the time. One, one item. If you have multiple codes that say MAP sensor, coolant sensor, O2 sensor, barrel, uh, ma- uh, mass airflow, you're not going to do that. You're going to spend so much money because you think that the code says that part's bad. That's not true. The computer says, I'm getting some bad information from the mass airflow sensor. Well, there's a hose on each end of the mass airflow sensor. And we need that mass airflow sensor to have clean air on the ends coming into it. But then we need that hose to be completely intact. It can't be torn. It can't have a hole in it. The clamps can't be loose because it's measuring the amount of air that the engine is inhaling. And if there's any kind of a leak, and folks, this happens all the time. If there's any kind of leak, it'll set a code for a mass airflow sensor. But you can replace a mass airflow sensor, but the mass airflow sensor is going to cost about 20 times what a piece of hose is going to cost you. That's if you know it. <laughs> so it's really interesting how when we get cars in, they have everything's brand new. And we find a vacuum leak. So our repair bill is... Um, $119 to find the vacuum leak, $2 to fix it. Thank you very much. And we know, doggone well, you spent hundreds of dollars underneath the hood of your car. So that happens a lot. It, and we're, we're capable, my industry is capable of pinpointing the problem because we have information you don't, and we have d- data you don't, and we have equipment you don't. You can go get your little programmers and code readers and all that kind of stuff, but if the barrel is 8, 8.0, and it's got a barrel code 
you don't even know what the right number is. <laughs> you don't know what it ought to be. So what happens if eight is it? And what happens if the signal to the computer is messed up, but the the mass airflow sensor or the barrel sensor is okay? What happens if there's an air leak somewhere between those two little soldiers and the computer? So it makes a difference. We fix things all the... We, my industry, my independent car repair industry, we fix things all the time by plugging stuff off, fixing vacuum leaks, bad connections, bad grounds... A guy came over the other day to pick up some firewood at the barn, and he says that the left rear turn signal um, is not working on his truck. And so I kind of looked at it for him, and I said, well, what kind of testing have you done? And he says, well, it has power. It has power. And I said, okay, um, so when you tested it, where did you go? He goes, well, I went to the harness underneath the truck, and then I checked, and it has power, to, and the harness goes to that taillight. And I said, okay, well, you're missing something because you got to check the ground, too. Why do I have to check the ground? Well, we're not going to have that light lit unless we have a good ground <laughs> all the time. And then power is applied to make the light shine. So ground has to be there, too. Well, why would you say it's a ground? Well, you don't have turn signal, you don't have stop, and you don't have reverse lights. So I'm thinking that that whole taillight assembly is missing the ground. Now, it's not missing the ground. It's got a dirty connection somewhere on the ground circuit. Well, how do I find that? Well, you get a schematic of the taillight of your truck, and you identify what color that wire is. And the wire is going to come from the front, and it's going to come to the back, and then it's going to split to both taillights and the running lights. That ground is going to supply all of them. But in your case, the other lights are working that I know is on that circuit. It's just this one. So I think it's just this one. Well, I already replaced the printed circuit board. I know, but you just didn't have an ohmmeter, and you didn't check the you didn't check the ground leg to ground. That's all. Well, how much will that cost me? I don't know. It's probably going to most shops are going to charge you fifty to seventy five dollars worth of diagnosis. Well, that's a lot of money. Yeah, it is. But you spent you've already bought two printed circuit boards, and it, those are close to seventy eighty dollars a piece. <laughs> so you've already spent a bunch of money guessing, and you haven't fixed it. So I'm just suggesting that you try something different. That was it. So anyway, um, I want to give uh, a big, huge, grateful thank you to Dave Martin um, because Dave Martin took a car that we couldn't fix, but we got it after a whole bunch of other shops couldn't fix it either, and it had a barrel code in it. And uh, and Dave Martin, he did a genius thing. I mean to tell you this is something I've never seen before, nor have we done this, but we've learned from him. The car was a hot rod that had been heavily modified, and the guy had just purchased it. And before this problem started, the car ran great, and there was no check engine lights, there was no problems, no drivability problems, started great, ran great. And so all of a sudden, something happens, and all of a sudden, the check engine line is on, and the barrel code, there's a barrel code, and he does a bunch of work to it, and he takes it to a variety of other shops. They put mass airflow sensors on it. They do a bunch of work. Nobody even comes close to this. It comes to our shop, and, and we recognize, and, and I'll read you what it says. Check in, and this is what your work order should say when you go to your repair shop. They should talk to you not with their mouth, but with their fingers and a typewriter. This is what the, the, it is. We write down what the customer says, and then we talk to the customer in writing. 
Customer says the check engine light is on. Customer replaced the MAF, the mass airflow sensor. He replaced the O2 sensor. He replaced the fuel pump. He replaced the intake gasket in an attempt to resolve a check engine light. After replacing all these parts, the vehicle failed to start. (laughs) Okay, that's the kind of cars we get in. So then there's a dash, 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 and now we're talking. We scanned the vehicle and found code P171, which is a lean bank 1. We found a 174, which is a lean bank 2. And we found a 219, which is an O2 sensor stuck lean. And then we have another O2 sensor stuck lean. And he's already replaced all those parts because of these codes. And none of them have a thing to do with this. So we cleared the codes. We test drove the vehicles. Within five minutes, the idling codes came back on. We inspected the vehicle. We found a barrel reading at negative 20, and it should be a positive 30. We bought a new mass airflow sensor, even though it had a new one in it. We thought, we'll just plug it in and check it, and it didn't make any difference. The barrel reading is also the same with the mass airflow sensor unplugged, and the barrel reading gets its signal from the mass airflow sensor, so it should change when we unplug it, and it doesn't. We're unable to determine how come the barrel reading is there, and we think you should um, perhaps have the dealer reflash your computer and give it the original software because this is a heavily modified vehicle. So Dave takes it, and they go to the barrel, and when they take this, and, and the customer had just put on a cold air kit, and the cold air kit um, is just a high-performance modification that gives you cold air, and cold air carries more fuel. Therefore, your your VW runs faster than a Camaro, that kind of stuff. And i got to take a break, so when I come back, we'll pick up where, where the cold air kit became a problem. We'll be back in a minute. Mark Levin thinks one party is ruining this country. The Democrat Party is intentionally and affirmatively destroying America because they want to control the country. They want all the power. They want part one party rule like they have in California, effectively have in New Jersey and New York, like they have in Illinois, Rhode Island, several of these other states. That's what they want. It's all about power and control and instituting their ideology. Mark Levin, weeknights at 9 on Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot. Hi, it's Mike Gallagher inviting you to join me for a remarkable travel opportunity that will change your life forever. Dennis Prager and I are headed back to the Holy Land, Israel, this October. It's the Stand with Israel Tour. Join us along with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. We'll take you to key sites in the Holy Land, thoughtfully designed to give you unprecedented access to a region you've likely only read about. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com and get all the details. We'll uncover important geopolitical locations and show you Israel's significance on the world stage, past, present, and future. Step foot on the ancient streets of Jerusalem. We'll sail the Sea of Galilee, pray at the Western Wall, and so much more. We'll have guides for our group, lavish food, and luxurious accommodations. No other trip will be like this one. Come with Dennis and me this October. Register today. Call 855-565-5519. 855-565-5519. Or go to StandWithIsraelTour.com. StandWithIsraelTour.com. moment my son saw a redwood tree it's huge is the moment i knew that for him 
You can't even see the top of that thing. Even the sky has no limit. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go, like hiking, biking, fishing, or camping. Or do your own thing when you get there with family and friends. Your moment is out there. Find it at discovertheforest.org. That's discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Music is a bridge between the material and the spiritual. My name is Harvey Lauer, and I'm 82. As a blind person, you have to be aware that nobody can tell you what you can or can't do. You really have to try things. My folks got me a little radio in 1940, and that was the best Christmas present I ever got. When I was 11 years old is when I started to uh, play music, play the piano, and then the accordion, and then the cello. My wife, who was also blind, was a good cook. When she died, that's when I started Meals on Wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Okie dokie. All right, we're going to just finish up the story, and then I'm going to take care of Brad. And if you have a question, a car question, you can stand in line because it won't take long. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. So Dave Martin from Martin's Auto has is now has a cold air kit in front of him. And the cold air kit, folks, if we draw warm air from your hood, your engine area, and send it to the motor, it doesn't carry as much fuel as cold air does. So a cold air kit simply goes to the front of the grill of the car, and now we have good cold air being aspirated and being forced down the throat of your engine. Most new cars have that system in it, but in this particular case, somebody had modified it and installed this. Dave calls the company and says, I got a barrel code, and the guy starts laughing, and he goes, yeah. He says, "Um, is that uh, inner tube still there? And Dave says, I don't know what you're talking about. And he says, take the duct work apart, and there should be a tube within a tube, an air tube at the mouth of this thing. There's a something that's about three feet long. No, two feet long. And he says, see if there's a tube within a tube. And Dave says, no, there isn't. And he goes, well, he says, I'll send you one. And he says, that'll fix your problem. So Dave calls the owner, and he says, hey, who put this cold air kit in? And the owner says, I did. And he goes, well, it's missing a tube. And he goes, yeah, he says, after I put, (laughs) this is true, after I put it in, then something happened and it blew off or I didn't get a clamp tight or whatever. And there was this one piece of plastic tube, orange, that that was broken and and all kind of smashed up because the car ran over it. So he says, I just threw it away. And Dave said, okay, well, they're going to send me a new one. And if there's a charge for it, I'm going to charge you. I'm going to put it in and that should cure your problem. And the guy goes, Oh, that that can't be it. Dave says, well, we think it is. So he puts the tube in, the car's fixed. So the customer had created the problem, um, but we had never seen that before. But here's the key. Dave had the sense to, to look at this aftermarket device and investigate it, and then he looked on the Internet and figured out that there's an inner tube that's not here. And then he called the manufacturer, and they go, yeah, that'll set a better barrel code. Boom, we're done. So Dave Martin's auto gets my 
unadulterated admiration for him pulling a rabbit out of his hat. And and frankly, folks, there's probably not but two other shops in town, and mine is not one of them, two other shops in town that may have had that tenacity to go after this problem that nobody else can fix. Brad, good morning. How can I help you this morning? Good morning. Hey, um, yeah, my I just bought my son a Lexus, and it's an LS four hundred, nineteen ninety eight. Um, and it's the people before him had just replaced the timing belt. Um, what's happening is when we start the car, there's no smoke coming from the tailpipe, um, and we'll let it sit overnight. Um, when we get back in the car, if we drive the car, go to a store, st- uh, stop for maybe about 15, 20 minutes, we turn the car on and it blows out smoke. Um, and, but when we, there is a check engine light for the catalytic converters. Okay. I'm not um, interested in I that. There's... I, I, stop for a minute. What color is the okay. smoke? It what is... color is the smoke? white okay um Um, but it doesn't last um there'll be a plume of smoke when we um start the car after driving it for a while but when we start it if it was overnight it doesn't it doesn't blow out okay okay well um if if it's running rich and it has an an abundance of fuel it's going to be black and if it's transmission fluid being aspirated by the engine, it's going to be white. And if it's running with way too much fuel, it'll be gray and black. And um, if it's blue, it's oil. And so I think what I would do if I was that is I would pressure test the cooling system because the white smoke, when you park the car, the cooling system has 16 pounds of pressure in it. If we have a combustion okay. leak, if something's wrong, we're going to squirt a little bit of coolant into one cylinder. And then when you start it up, that cylinder is going to consume that antifreeze, turn it to a white smoke, and send it out the tailpipe. And it will be short-lived because you shut it off. The cooling system has 16 pounds of pressure, and it forces, because the motor's not running anymore, that 16 pounds of pressure will overcome 130 pounds of compression. So it's easy. Okay. So is there any, are you adding coolant or water to the overflow on a regular basis, or have you had it long enough to do that? Um, I've probably have gone through about five tanks of gas, um, and it's not, it's not, we haven't had to fill up the um, antifreeze. Okay, good, good, good. And and in, in this period of time, you haven't had any problems where the temperature gauge has exceeded three quarters or anything like that? No, it's all sitting um, center. Okay, and half to three quarters is normal. That's okay, and you're not. And if it were a transmission problem where we're sucking fluid out of the transmission, you'd have white smoke pretty much all the time. So I'm trying okay. to work around, you know, the symptoms that you have. I think if I were you, is I would have somebody pressure test the cooling system. This is what, and you can go rent it if you want. Go to the auto parts store and say I, I need a pressure tester. You're going to put it on the radiator. The engine's cold. Okay, and you, and, and and then you're going to look at the cap and it says 16 pound cap. And you're going to pump it up to 16 pounds of pressure, and you're going to walk away. You're going to come back an hour later, and it better be 16 pounds. If it isn't 16 pounds, then you've got a leak. 
Do you have a leak external? You look underneath the car. If there's a drip, fix that first. If there is no drip and you lost four pounds, five pounds, six pounds of pressure, then when you start it up, it's going to run like bad, and then it's going to okay. clear up. And that cylinder's full of water because we force the water in there. That cylinder's right. got water. It'll run poorly, and then it'll magically clear up. And then you're going to have a tough time because the repair the, could be two or three thousand um, dollars. Okay. The other thing you could do is use a sealer. There's a particular sealer that many of us use, but there's a process that's that must be followed. So, I tell people I'm not t- telling you because everybody's going to pour it in and think it's going to be magic. That's not how it works. You got to read the directions. You got to flush this thing two or three times. You got to put it in. Then you got to go drive it for X amount of miles. And there is a long procedure, but when done properly. It virtually works ninety-five percent of the time. Okay, so, and and I think that's where you ought to start. Okay, and where do I get that sealer from? The auto parts well, store, or yeah, it's in an orange bottle. But if you don't okay. follow the directions, but I don't want you to do the sealer first. I want to make sure that it runs bad, which means now we know that we're putting water in one of the cylinders. The next thing that has to be done is we have to find out which cylinder it is. And then right. we redo the pressure test with the spark plug out of that cylinder. And then when we tap the starter, all this water comes out. Bingo. We okay. got it. Now we do the sealer. So you're a long way from away from the sealer right now. <laughs> what part of town okay. do you live but in? It gives me, it gives me insight of um, how to start troubleshooting this. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's my job. I'm, I'm pretty good at verbalizing what you do first, second, and third. So if you have any questions, mark at marksalem.com. Okay. I appreciate right. it, Mark. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. 602-508-0960. We have five lines available. You can grab one if you want. If you have a car question, if you and your wife argue about a car, or argue about this or argue about that, then just call me Judge Judy. I can handle those. Typically, one party or the other is going to hate me at the end of the deal, but I'm a big boy with broad shoulders, so I don't care. So I'm also a marriage counselor, in case you didn't know that. So if you do have a car-related problem, you and your wife, or you, the wife and her husband, I'm really good at that. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa. Tune in. iHeart and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. Do you know about 211 Arizona? It's a free service to connect you with resources anywhere in Arizona. Housing assistance and eviction prevention, transportation and ride services, healthcare benefits, food resources, and even utility bill support. Talk to a live operator in English or Spanish 24 hours a day, every day of the year. Just dial 211 or visit 211arizona.org. Get connected, get answers, and get the help you need. This message is sponsored by 211 Arizona. Hey, is that a faucet running? Nope, that's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. It is? Yeah. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. The water comes straight from the forest to us. In fact... What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum! That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. How do trees clean the air? They soak up the dirty air on their leaves, branches, and trunks which means clean air for us. Hmm, cool. I didn't know that. Yep, but the forest does more than give us clean air and water. It gives us shade for hot days, birds to listen to, and trees to climb. 
Wow, that's awesome. I didn't know how cool the forest could be. Hey, let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, tail-wagging, backyard-hanging, and, of course, companionship. And what breed would you say Satchmo is? I'd have to go with maybe a lavish terrier-hound-chihuahua-looking kind of mix. Tremendous dog. Mm, I'd also like to point out Satchmo's coloring, a white, gray, brown, black brindle, simply marvelous. You know, it's such a treat to watch a dog like this. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive. And now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance, so common with this group. And finally, the loving face lick. It's great how he just gets in there and, well, licks. Fantastic. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. I started my adventure as an aerospace medical technician. Flight medic in the Air Force Reserve. Satellite system operator. As a space systems operator. And I'm a pilot for the Air Force Thunderbirds demonstration. We deliver the world's timeliest environmental intelligence data. Flying to Afghanistan, bringing wounded warriors back to Germany. We take care of injured personnel on a daily basis. And then flying them from Germany back to the States. As a member of the Thunderbirds, I get to be a part of a team that passes on the message of the United States Air Force Reserve to the U.S. and the world. It's a very exciting career. One of the greatest things about the Air Force Reserve is all the different opportunities. The training in the Air Force Reserve is second to none. It gave me the opportunity to go to college. The Air Force Reserve actually paid for my education, which allowed me to finish. That was definitely a bonus. Probably the most exciting thing I've done is support humanitarian relief operations in places like Haiti. The Reserve gave me the opportunity to learn something totally different from what I did. Being able to travel. Enjoy the getaways that I get, and I enjoy the camaraderie and fellowship I share with all my unit mates. We're really close-knit. We're unique. And the Air Force Reserve gave me all those opportunities, and then even more. Start your adventure in the Air Force Reserve. You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman to save money. We need a new stuntman! You just need FeedThePig.org. Don't get left behind. Get tips and tools at FeedThePig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. All about that demon. Attention, everybody. If you live near I-17 and Deer Valley Road and you don't have a repair shop, I'd like to suggest one to you. Action Auto Repair. And it's owned by Tom, and he's been around since 1983. We've been friends before that. You see, folks, if you're in the industry for 20, 30 years, you're usually doing a good job because the bad guys, they're usually gone in a year or two. They lose business, and then the creditors aren't being paid, and they bought a new motorhome for their family and stuff like that. So the guys that have been in business 20, 30, 40, 50 years, they're good. They know what they're talking about. And Tom at Action Auto is one of those, I-17 in Deer Valley. Uh, Larry, oh, the phone number is 602-508-0960, but we got Larry, Paul, and Gary, and we're going to do Larry first. Gary, or Larry, how are you? Hi, good morning, Mark. Uh, I have a uh, 2017 Nissan Juke, 100,000 miles, and when I, uh, I'm near the freeway, when I drive on the freeway, the first five, six miles runs, everything's fine. But then after that, in between 60 and 75 miles an hour, the front end starts to shake. And uh, when I 
take my foot off the gas for a split second, uh, it smooths out uh, again, and then and then seconds later it starts to vibrate and shake again. Okay, now, I'm I, seventy-five I, to eighty percent sure you have a bad axle. Well, I, I brought I brought it into the uh, a, a shop, and they uh, rebalanced the wheels and rotated. Well, well wait a minute! Stop! Stop, Larry! Did that fix it? No, it did not. Okay, well then we don't need to discuss it. Oh, okay. Because the vibration on a tire is there all the time. So when you hit yeah. 55, 57, 61, the, and, you, and the car starts vibrating and it's shaking like crazy, and then you slow down or you even speed up and it goes away, then those, that's a symptom of a tire. But you don't have the symptom of a tire. You have a symptom of a bad front axle. I see. It has two axles, I guess, one on each side. Yeah. Now they did and it would say, be pretty easy for somebody to crawl underneath there or somebody that knew what they were doing and grab a hold of both of those, those axles. And I'm quite sure that half the guys I know can crawl underneath that or put it on a rack and put their hands on the axle and shake the axle and tell you which one's bad. Uh-huh. And they did say the, the front axles are starting to leak. Okay. Well, I hate the word weep. You know, I fire people for saying weep. If you're not man enough to say it's leaking, and if and you say it's weeping, then I'm covering my butt by saying I'm it's weeping. Weeping where? What's it uh-huh. weeping? So yeah. no, I don't like that. That that's like your tires are worn. I know, but can I take my family with three young kids and my my wife to Disneyland? Your tires are worn. I hate that. So sit down hard somewhere. What part of do you have a shop that you you use? I went to Pep Boys. Okay. Like I said, do you have a repair shop that you use? Where do you live? Uh, McKellops, East Mesa, McKellops and Wrecker. Thompson's Auto Repair, Stapley and Main Street. Thompson's Auto Repair, Stapley and Main Street. He'll show you what's wrong with your car. I mean, he's going right. to charge you a checkout fee. And and if you have him do the job, then typically they roll it into the ticket. But but Thompson's capable. He's at Stapley and and and, and uh, Main Street. He's a good guy. Thank you for the help. Okay. Good luck to you, Paul. You're up next. How can I help you? Hi there. Hi. You there? Oh, okay. Yes, sir. Um, well, okay. Thanks. Uh, my issue is I have a 2013 Ford F-150 Turbo EcoBoost, and the other day the Low low oil light came on, or oil level low light came on, and um, so what happens is when I when I drive it, it goes away, everything returns to normal. But when I come to a stop, you know, or park, the light comes on and it dings. As soon as I take off again, it goes away. Any any uh, clue on that? You haven't pulled the dipstick yet. Oh no, I did. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, it had, and it was just a little bit low on oil. I added some, but um, every day, and I even brought it to a mechanic, and he. It seems he did everything except uh, test the sensor or replace the sensor. And okay. uh, but the guy was a clown. Anyway, I won't bore you with the details, but I just had to get it out of his shop. But anyway, that's where I'm. Okay, at. well, stop, stop. Just answer. This is question and answer time. Okay. Okay. Where was the oil yeah. level exactly on the dipstick? You have the ad mark and the full mark. Where was the oil level right. when you first looked at it? It was about it was about seven eighths, you know, to full, just a, you know an eighth low, if that. 
Okay, seven eighths. If you're going to divide it in between the ad mark and the full mark, then seven eighths is just a tad over the ad mark. No, it's a tad under. It's a tad under the ad mark. How much did you add? How much oil? Um, about it was about half a quart, but it's it's now it's just a little above. Okay. Well, the ad mark is one quart low, so you should have just added a quart. Okay. So. Um, if you want to, if you want to, obviously you're just interested in guessing. So if you're interested in guessing, then I would bring it up to the full mark, and then I drive it for a while. And if you still got the low oil, you have a low oil level light, not an oil pressure light. There's two different right. sensors for that. So at that point, okay. you're going to have to have somebody go in if that's what you instruct the shop to do. That you know, I want you to replace the low whatever tells the light to come on the low oil level. I want you to fix that. But I'd be careful about that because it may not be that. There's just some diagnostics yeah. that needs to go along with this, and so you're not going to find somebody who's going to sit down really, really hard on the repair of this um, because it's risky to do that. So there's a little bit All of right. uh, there's a little bit of how many miles are on it. Oh, 168. Okay, so it's been around the world six times. It's been around the mm-hmm. equator six times. Um, is the oil clean? Yeah. Okay, so it's it's been changed on a regular basis, and when you drain it, it doesn't come out like big globulars of, of black tar? No, it's I don't do the changing, but I change it every three months. Okay. Or I have well, it changed. Okay, okay. All right, well, it, this... this you know, the, there's a diagnostic procedure to determine what's going on. What you're representing is it's a low-level oil, low-level problem. Um, we need to make the determination of whether it's a low oil pressure problem. And that, and then you okay. need to read your owner's manual to make sure that we're talking about because it's two different issues, two different diagnostic procedures, and two different repairs. So low oil level or low oil pressure. That's what you need to find out. Okay. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Gary. Hang on. I'll get you on the other side of the break, but i got to take it right now. Are you concerned about market volatility, rising taxes, economic uncertainty, and how it could all affect your future in retirement? Then tune into Another Money Show to learn how you can protect and grow your hard-earned money. Another Money Show, every Saturday at noon, right here on 960 The Patriot. Protect your hard-earned money today and learn more at anothermoneyshow.com. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny. When I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. (laughs) Hey, everyone. You know, let's all stop what we're doing right now and take a moment. 
That felt good, huh? Just like that, we had a nice, special sort of moment together. Of course, they don't all need to be quiet moments to be special. They could be loud moments, goofy moments, sporty moments, dorky moments. Moments where we talk or walk or just hang out. It doesn't really matter. They all count. Because every time dads like us take a moment like that to spend with our kids, well, it's pretty momentous. <laughs> Sounds like somebody agrees. So let's take a moment to make a moment today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Forty-four minutes after the hour of ten o'clock, we're going to go till noon talking about cars, and we have four lines open right now: 602-508-0960, and uh, and you can ask a car question. Gary, thank you for holding as long as you have. How can I help you? Yeah, Mark, I've got a '59 Buick with Saber uh, with brand new tires, uh, new brakes all around. Blackwell put the brakes on; they're, they're really good. I've noticed when I drive it now, I don't drive it very often, but I drive it. When I turn, there's a, like a squealing on the, on, the, on the tires, and I wasn't sure what that could be or not. Well, it, it, it typically would be an alignment problem, and, and that's because one tire is fighting the other. So as you turn right, the outer tire and the inner tire have two different arcs to make a right turn. And if one of them is out of whack, like the right front tire on a right turn had, is kicks out too far, then you're going to kind of drag that tire. Um, well, I was looking at two, there's two members, two vertical members on both sides of the front end, about seven inches long, with rubber grommets on them. Those are, what are those control what? arms. Is that what that is? Those vertical members are control arms? Aren't they triangular? With uh, they have they have two bushings on the engine side, the frame side, and then just a, a ball joint on the other side. Oh no, there's a there's a there's a really long horizontal member attached to two seven-inch vertical members on both sides. Okay, with rubber grommets that go down to the bottom part of the the, stir, the front end there. So you, it looks like you have a straight axle across the front of that. It sounds like, and um, well, let me ask you this: Did 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 you get this after somebody did some repair on it? No, but I only drive it like once a month, and, you know, it's, it's, it's old. And, and I notice those grommets are getting dry and kind of loose. Okay. No, no, no. You, you can't go in that direction when you're diagnosing a car problem. You just can't do that. Because you'll spend, I mean, if you go in and start replacing, and you, you call them grommets, but they're probably grease boots. Um, if you start going in there and just replacing things willy-nilly, I mean, to rebuild the front end, if it's a straight axle, like I think it is, um, if to to rebuild the kingpins on both sides and replace those grommets that you call, but they're really they're really um, grease uh, grease boots, um, it's going to cost you a lot of money. I think that the one of the two front tires is not in perfect uh, synchronization with the other one. Were you happy with Blackwell's work? Oh yeah, he does great work. I was, I was going to uh, go back to him, okay. but I wanted to get your opinion first okay. on uh, what it might be. Here's, can you make it happen all the time? Yeah, it does now. It didn't used to. So okay. Uh, all right, all right. So here's how you do it. You you, you call, and make an appointment, and say, you know, I, I and 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 talk to Aaron, and say, you know, I really 
need somebody to take a ride real quick. I promise not to take them for a ride forever. I promise to just, I can make it happen. I've been practicing making it happen. I know exactly how to make it happen. And I prefer Tom Blackwell. That's what I would do if I were you. (laughs) (laughs) And I need somebody with uh, just a small growth of hair on their head. I need somebody that's a little well-versed. I need somebody that remembers Terry Roosevelt as the president and that's been around cars for a long time. And I'm thinking that Blackwell, um, and I promise, uh, we're not going to drive around for an hour and a half while I try to make it happen. I've learned how to make it happen all the time. And I think what you're going to end up doing is a line in the front end. That's what I think. Uh, what's your opinion on switching to a dual-chamber master cylinder for safety? Well, that's always a good idea, but there's a hell of a lot of us that have alive that were born and raised with single-cylinder master cylinders. And, and here's the good news. The good news is, is before the master cylinder fails, there's a lot of symptoms. People ignore the symptoms. And then they go, oh, I almost almost died. Well, if you had just paid attention at the very beginning, you wouldn't have had this problem. you got a leak at the back of the master. It's leaking on the floorboard inside and outside the car. The pedal kind of goes to the floor gently, and you let go and hit it again, and now it's firm, and you go, okay, it was just a burp. Well, people ignore all the, all the symptoms. And so, frankly, I haven't changed the single master on any of my old cars I just prefer to have them as as original as possible, but you can discuss that with Blackwell. But the answer to your issue is is splitting that system. You'll have to put a proportioning valve in there so that we can do 60% of the brakes pressure to the front and 40% to the rear. Because right now you have 100% to the front and 100% to the rear, but your Buick may have a proportioning valve, and if it does, then yes, you can just swap the master cylinder, and there's a little bit of plumbing that needs to be done. Now, one of the questions: What PSI would you recommend for the tires on that thing? What does it say on the side of the tire? I don't know. They're the, the American-made. You know the the company that makes all those classic car tires. Sure. You know? They're going to say on the maximum side. It's going to say maximum inflation thirty-two psi, and it's going to say at twenty-one hundred pounds. Whatever the maximum inflation on the side of the tire, that if you want a little softer ride, just soften it up two or three pounds. But the inflation of the tire on every tire that's made in the whole wide world is written on the side of the tire. And I don't care what kind of load you're going. I don't care how fast you're going. I don't care about any of that. It says maximum inflation. They know the tire's going to get hot. They know you're going to hot rod the car. They know you're going to go to Tucson um, from Phoenix in the middle of the summertime. All of that's dialed in. The side of the tire right close to the wheel will say maximum inflation, and the tire carries this much load. I run everything. Well, you know, when you were riding your bicycle, did you did you have fun riding your bicycle when the tires were flat, or did you have fun <laughs> no, riding your bicycles? When... <laughs> exactly, that's my <laughs> point. So that that inflation is okay, and people, the old guys go, Mark, you're wrong. Okay, tell me why I'm wrong. Well, if you air up the tire, it's going to wear the center of the tire out. No, it doesn't. It never did. And, you know, I don't know. I I probably move 100 100 tires a month, so, you know, I'm not a discount tire by any stretch of the imagination. But if the tire is cold, the maximum inflation is an appropriate, and as far as I'm concerned, the most appropriate inflation you should use. Now, here, think about this. We have two two tires, two tires on the axle, and each one of the tire carries 2,000 pounds. There is a chart you can get. And it says, if it's 2,000 pounds, now we got to add dad and mom is in the, in the passenger seat of the car. So we factor all that out, and we find out that with the two of you, it's 2,300 on the left and 2,200 on the right. 
So now we know. Now we get to go to the charts and it says put 34 and a third pounds in the dad side <laughs> and put, you know, that's ridiculous. The maximum inflation on the damn thing is 35. Just use 35. And if it grows to 37, it's okay because that's dialed in with the tire. As the uh-huh. tire gets hotter, the inflation goes up. Yeah, it, that's why we set them cold. That's why we set them yeah. cold. And don't tell your wife I made that joke either. <laughs> well, thanks a lot for the help, Mark. <laughs> okay, good luck to you. Thank you. 602-508-0960 is the phone number. I think we have all five lines open. 602-508-0960. Oh, do we have somebody? Nope, the lines are open. Oh, the lines are wide open, and we're going to do another hour. So, folks, car repair is pretty easy. What makes it tough is you. Because you ladies let your husband tell you what to tell the shop to fix. You don't tell the shop what's wrong. You don't describe what's wrong. You don't use words like it pulls hard left. It's got a bad vibration. The next question the shop's going to say is, is, describe the vibration. What we want to hear is, oh, the vibration I feel in the seat of my pants. Oh, I just want to hug you when you say stuff like that. That is so cool because that's what I need. The vibration in the seat of your pants is in the back of the car. Don't have me work on the front of the car because your Uncle Rufus from West Virginia tells you that it's in the front of the car when the vibration's in the seat of your pants. And so I, I, I love it when they come in and they go, you know, you drive down the road and I drive around town and everything is just fine. But when I get on the highway, the car drifts to the right. Okay, well, it's supposed to drift to the right because the highway is is crowned. We have to, the highway can't be completely flat like oftentimes city streets are. But anything, anything with a crowned road that runs the water to the right side of the road, the car will naturally follow that crown, that little bit of change of elevation. And, and if you wanted us to, we'll just kind of make a tweak to the alignment and the car will go straight down the road on a crowned road. But... If you get on a flat road, like a highway, like most highways, then it's going to have a little drift to the left. So what do you want? What do you drive on? <laughs> and this is something that happens twice a year, so it's not a real common problem. I'm using it as an example. So if you want to drive around the city and you're a taxi cab driver and you want it to go straight on a crowned road, then I can do that. And if you're on the highway and you want it to go straight down the highway, I can do that. But if, you, if I start tickling that car, I can't give you both 99% of the time. I can't give you both. But if you come in and says it blows blue smoke first thing in the morning, then never again during the day, I know where to go. If you come in and say when I hit 66 miles an hour, it falls on its face, the engine does, and, uh, and then if I turn off the air conditioning, I can go to 68 miles an hour. I already know where to go. It's a fuel pressure problem. If you'll just tell us those kinds of things, if you say to us, I have a vibration and and I can feel it in the seat of my pants or in the steering wheel, or I can feel the whole car shake. When we hear the whole car shakes, it's in the back of the car. <laughs> so the wives come in, and they go, it's got a really bad vibration. It shakes the whole car, and my husband wants you to rebuild the front end. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if I rebuild the front end, we're talking about $1,000 or more. But if you let me work on the back of the car, I'll find and fix the problem back there because this vibration, according to your symptoms, is in the back of the car. It's not in the front of the car. So the back of the car shakes your butt. The front of the car shakes the steering wheel. It's that simple. I don't care what kind of car you got. It's that simple. 
And we're not going to get into a discussion on this show. So those of you that want to talk electric cars, we're not talking electric cars. We're not going to do that. It's just not something I want to dive into. And there's so many strong feelings on both sides of the issue, the, the, how much electricity it takes to charge the car and this and that and the batteries and the contamination. None of that makes any difference because they aren't going to do away with gasoline cars in my lifetime. There's way too much infrastructure in the United States that has to do with gasoline and oil and, and, and all the infrastructure associated with gasoline. It's not going to go away. And so all of a sudden we're not going to need gas stations and all of a sudden we're not going to need this. Well, we still need tire repairs and we still need, you know, suspension work and brake work and all that kind of stuff. But now that we have this electric motor, oil changes go out the window, so we don't need half the oil. Half the oil that the United States uses is probably for cars. So all of a sudden that just blows away in the wind. And likewise, safety reasons. Evidently, the electric cars are really good safety-wise. Good. I'm happy. But that's just a conversation we're going to leave alone because I don't have enough knowledge. And uh, and there's just a whole lot of stuff out there that uh, I read about that that uh, I don't believe. And it's written by people who um, uh, I that conveniently leave out their credentials, how they came to that. Uh, you know, so those are the kinds of things. But if you have a motor home, if you have a if you have any kind of car or truck. Um, if you have a motorcycle that failed emissions, really what comes out of the tailpipe on your motorcycle is exactly the same as what comes out of the tailpipe on your car. Those are the kinds of things we can help you with. So the lines are open, 602-508-0960. If you're toll-free, if you want to call from outside the Phoenix metropolitan area, then it's 888-960-9696. One more time, 888 960 9696. That's because I work for the Patriot KKNT on 960 AM in Phoenix. And that's the reason why everything's 960 960. I just, I'll cover up for the last two minutes of the show. I'll tell you that I was born and raised in Southern Arizona. I've been working on cars since I was probably 10 years old, helping the adults around me. I went to high school. I took auto mechanics and I was blessed by Ben Elkins at Tempe High to advance me to the senior class auto mechanics, which was a two-hour course, and he hand-picked the people. If he were here today, he'd tell you that was a tough decision because Mark Salem was an honorary SOB, and he's right. But anyway, he did take me into his senior class. I did graduate his senior class, and as I came out of high school, I was a policeman, and then in 1979, I decided I wanted to work on cars again, and I opened up a gas station in Ahwatukee in 1979, and I've since then, uh, I don't worked at gas station anymore, but I've been working on cars in my own shop in Tempe since 1994. So between 79 and, and I had garages, pl- different places in Tempe. I'm an ASE master certified technician and I work for insurance companies and law enforcement and I answer questions like, did this car really have a flat tire before or after the crash and did the fuel system fail and what caused the fire, what area of the fire, all that kind of stuff. So, um, but I'm also very skilled and in, in, in telling the truth, regardless of whose feelings it might hurt. So that, again, 602-508-0960. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.